Will you count me in? <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. It's Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. This is Bonnie talking to you, and that's Karen. It is. It's Karen. It is. Um, Karen. So... We wanted to say hi and welcome, and uh, I am recording from 90-degree Florida, and Karen is cold in her closet up in Tennessee. I know. it's. I need to get some um, heat somehow in here. I'm thinking if I put one of those portable heaters that has those exposed elements (laughs) under my clothes over here. The flammable kind of... (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Under my um, MC Hammer pants that are shiny, it's all going to work well. I'll be warm in no time. Have you ever used those packets of chemicals where you crush them up and then the chemical reaction causes heat? You can stick them in your mittens or your shoes. You you actually are supposed to ingest. <laughs> so oh. I do that. <laughs> Because you want to warm from the inside out. I live where it's cold, so I can tell you these things. But, yeah, I have them in, like, we have, like, extra pockets of those. Nope. We have extras of those in our pockets, the warm hands. Yeah. So they're on standby. Yeah, um, they're on standby. I used to have to stick them in my shoes to walk to work in New York. And I would walk to work wearing my work pants and a pair of sweatpants over my work pants, <laughs> which was a glamorous, urban, sophisticated look. And you were um. caught in one of those, you know, fashion on the street pics where they put the bar over your eyes. New street fashion coming at you. What if you street started fashion. the streetwear or alt-leisure trend? Alt-leisure. You had no idea. But it would be uh, pantyhose and and pants and sweatpants over them, so the wow. wind wouldn't get you. Because the first the first winter I lived up there, it was just blizzard, blizzard city, right? Um, Which it is now, not blizzard, but lots of snow. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so this is deconversion therapy. This is the podcast. A lot of you guys might know us just from our Instagram account, which is fine and lovely. But join us sometimes, won't you, for <laughs> some talk about all things about religious bullshit. So um, Karen knows that I'm in a cranky mood because I've been in a car for about four and a half hours. I'm very thrilled that my mom got the second vaccination. Um, it's just tiring driving down to Miami and then sitting in the car for almost three hours and then driving back. Um, you could have stayed over at Jerry Falwell's. <laughs> it is hostel. Yeah. I picture that hostel of Jerry Falwell's. Okay, first of all, like we talked a couple weeks ago, it's hard to find. And so it's got to be small inside. And I've seen pictures of it with its creepy ambient not ambient lighting. What's that? Um, it black lights. Death hotel which, lighting. <laughs> yeah. Don't right. don't have luminol with you. You're no, not going to want to. Yeah, because it's got to be like a moist crotch kind of place. Yes. And, and that's not where you want to spend the night if you're trying to escape COVID. <laughs> <laughs> they probably don't disinfect as well as maybe but some we'll tell others. you one thing we don't have here. COVID. <laughs> 
Oh my god. So um yeah, I'm cranky. I I already insulted one of Karen's favorite comics and I won't say who it is because I shouldn't hate him. Um so um I apologize for that. That's okay. Even though you I don't like Russell Brand. That's okay. fine. And <laughs> you don't like pumpkin spice. And that's fine. <laughs> uh yeah. So oh and I insulted a hairstyle she likes too. The bun. Yeah. And so, the list kept but going, I was mean but... about it because when I don't like something, I get like, <laughs> oh, so insulting. Um, so I apologize for that. Um, and I'm, uh, you know, that part in in um, broadcast news where Holly Hunter just every morning sits on the bed and cries. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I was I when we started the conversation. And I'm like, you're gonna see water coming out of my eyes because I'm like a child who is just too tired. And like wants to flop down and have a tantrum. So now, for no reason for people who can't see that we're doing a Zoom call to see each other. You do have one smoky eye. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones, shit, the same. And this is another bone of contention. Like I can't even look at myself on the Zoom. And and um, I'm like, Karen, you're going to get it today. You're going to see everything beautiful. And boy, did she. <laughs> well, I was saying the first thing I was like, your skin looks really good. But I don't look at myself either. Like I shrink myself up. And right now yeah. I look, I'm so small. And the way I'm dressed and looking this morning looks like Rick Moranis. <laughs> so. Okay. I, you know, I just ignore that. And I look at you. And you look at me with my big headphones on, <laughs> which prevents me from hiding behind my hair, which I finally got a haircut that was decent. So I'm really excited to have a new hair person. Uh, I yeah. still, I cut mine the other week and I don't even know what it looks like in back. That's where right. I am. That's where I am. That actually happened on Seth Meyers' show when they had their family on for the Christmas show or Thanksgiving show. Um, his brother Josh turned around and he was like, uh, apparently my hair doesn't grow at the same levels all throughout my head. And he had this tail on one side of the back of his head. See, if he didn't even know. Who All right, knows? so you were going to tell me a bit about your your travels, and then... Yeah, well, I was just going to mention that. So we go down to Miami. It takes an hour to get there. That's fine. Um, then you have to go and wait in the longest line of traffic just to get into the parking lot at the Hard Rock Stadium. So you have to figure out where the end of the line is. And yeah. so it's like you got to do a U-turn and not cut in front of anybody else in line because you're just in They'll the slow lane out. of a regular boulevard of traffic. So that's fine. So all that's happening. And um, at one point, Mom and I were talking about something to do with a pill that she accidentally took. And I said, that was actually <laughs> yeah. a good thing that you accidentally took that pill. And, and she goes, God was watching out for me. And I said, how do you know? I said, why oh. was God watching out for you? But all these Jews were killed in the Holocaust. And she goes, I don't know, but I just believe. I said, well, what makes you just believe? 
why would he watch out for you and not a big collection of Jewish people? And, and why have I, I driven to Miami <laughs> to get you a shot when God can just watch out for you? So I never get a good answer, but it's just that thing that people do where they say, uh, and, she, and, and she went again with it, with, you know, everything happens for a reason, like... And somebody once said, yeah, and sometimes the reason is because you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's be clear, not calling her an asshole, but yes, exactly. Not not right at this instance. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, I also wanted you to know that every time she knows we're going to get on together, she says, are you going to go talk to that heathen friend? Meaning you, <laughs> and she says it jokingly. So, um, but, but I, I think like she that. means it with but, her heart. But at least she's acknowledging that we're putting out content. <laughs> so there you go. Well, so, yeah, I told about how when I would hand back like grades and tests to students, and someone go, "Thank you, Jesus," I'd say, "You're welcome," because <laughs> you know I'm the one that fucking taught them. wrote up the stuff, graded them, gave them the grade. But, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the – I just saw it the other day where it was like, you know, thank you, God, this and that. Oh, yeah, I'm sort of following a sad story on Twitter. And, you know, the woman is in desperation over an illness, and she keeps doing that with um, God. But she's Jewish, so she leaves out the O. Uh And people jump on her about not spelling out God. And she's like, I'm Jewish. They jump on her about that? Yes. And, I mean, she's in, like, real crisis. Um, But anyway, I swear these shit piles are – I'm done with them. See, now I'm in a busy mood. (laughs) I was – I got taken down a rabbit hole the other night on YouTube Starting, sometimes I watch The Office bloopers to cheer me up because either Rashida Jones or John Krasinski's laughs are adorable. They're high-pitched squeak-outs. And then I got taken down some, like, oh, next video, next video. It's 2 a.m., next video. And it was Steve Carell recently on Rain Wilson's short little... I'm a human or high human or something little um, YouTube thing. And Steve Carell is like the most genuine, nice, kind person. Yeah. Everyone says that. But then like you see him talk and you feel very calm. But he used the word brittle. He's like, I can. Everyone is just brittle right now. And I'm like, that's the perfect word. It is. For that me. is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I see it. I see it in me. I see it. You saw yeah. it in me about 45 minutes ago. Um, yes. I think that's <laughs> called broken. But yeah, it's yeah, it's a tough thing to maneuver and it's driving everyone crazy. And I, I wonder like, oh, if I didn't have to work, you know, nonstop seven days a week. Would there be downtime where I just navel gaze and get bummed out and like yeah. loose spaghetti and sad and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's definitely, especially in my family with some uh, people working part time and they're younger and they get introspective and it's just like you know 
keeping busy, there's definitely something to say for that. Yep. 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 What else are, are you, is there anything we should talk about as far as TV or podcasts that we've been enjoying or books that we've been reading? Oh yeah. I don't, I haven't been reading in years now, which is not good for an English teacher. <laughs> I will, uh, I can say some books I started reading that were crap, but, Ooh. um, one podcast that I'm really enjoying is, I think it's called You're Dead to Me. And let me look it up really quickly. And I think I might have told you about it. Yeah, You're Dead to Me because it's from BBC Radio. So you got British accents. Mm -hmm. But they go over like these interesting, minute, weird things in history. They bring on... So the guy who does it is like a historian. Then they bring on a comedian. <laughs> and then they also have an expert in the field that they're talking about. So like the LGBTQ history mm -hmm. was amazing. And Joan of Arc was crazy. Genghis Khan. And so you're entertained because they make it funny. Um, but yeah. I'm enjoying that one, although I love my murder podcast where it's a serial long one, but there's just not a lot out. There might like be right some now. out there that aren't that great, <laughs> but, but finding a good to one all. is tough. I know. Yep. The original serial was so, uh, that was such a tipping point. It was. In podcasting. Yeah. Yep. <gasps> Memories. I can't wait to get old enough to forget, like, <laughs> the whole plot and everything of Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, Serial, and be like, oh, let me put these in. But what about you for podcasts? Oh, I just love to hear Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean yeah. Hayes just shit all over each other. And they have a guest on, and the guest kind of matters, but it's also... <laughs> Just as entertaining to hear them just pound each other with insults yeah. because Which, that's I that I those are my favorite friends that I've had through the years where everybody can just bash one another right. um, because you ultimately know that you love each other so you know and they go on vacations together they sound very fun however so do I get to say my negative pain thing about that is that the last two episodes I'm very annoyed at my crush Jason Bateman because he like has put in no effort and it's been like I'm crabby guys I don't know I'm just crabby and I'm like damn it we're like working our asses off trying to get any like listenership and they're in the top 10 right. constantly <laughs> where he's just like mm, I don't know probably not going to hear a lot from me today. And then you don't. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so that's my one thing that triggers me about it. And it's only been the last two episodes. And you know what? Maybe he's brittle. He is so brittle. <laughs> Maybe he's brittle. But brittle I, okay, child. so here, and you saying that he is uh, paving the path by saying, oh, maybe uh, you're not going to get that much out of me today. The Australian Open Tennis Grand Slam <laughs> starts in about four hours. Ooh. And, and my Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl. Which are you going to watch? 
that Super Bowl. Oh, okay. so the Super Bowl of tennis in Australia starts in about four hours. <laughs> right. And um, my favorite player is uh, Nadal, and he has come out in his press conference saying really? for the last 50, yeah, thanks, <laughs> for the last 15 days, his he's had a stiff back, and his muscles aren't cooperating with him when he serves and blah, blah, blah. So I always believe him when he says that. Even though I would love it this time to just be um, gamesmanship and mm-hmm. him fucking with everybody and going, ha ha, you thought I had a bad back, so you didn't try as hard, but ha I'm in good they, shape. <laughs> wouldn't they find out after his first serve? I don't know. <laughs> But I don't he's, know. I hope he goes, aha, to them. Aha! Good. <laughs> We're going to make a bit of an announcement. We've talked about this coming, but we've been going back and forth how to make the podcast more self-supporting. And we also want to do a newsletter. And we've been figuring all this out. And I know uh, Bonnie is so busy with work. So I've been trying to figure it out and then bounce things off her. So what we're going to do is we're going to soon release a sub stack. It's going to come out twice a month and it will be a paid newsletter. And no, we will not be paying for it, (laughs) which is going to be a surprise. But, you know, we've been doing this for over 100 episodes and we, um, feel it's time to not be so awkward about having listeners support us, but we want everyone to get something in return so they will get a bunch of fluff, which I will put in the newsletter. No, I'm joking. (laughs) What it will be will be, you know, anything from memes, different things that we are seeing in our personal life, all the links you need to resources. I've been doing some things on Clubhouse with other people. We'll be saying how to get onto there and listen to those. So it will be this little capsule every two weeks. Oh, that's also fun. Links to, you know, how to listen to our podcasts. Right, because I would suspect that if you are at work and you can look at your email, that's not going on a Facebook group, which is one of our other venues, or that's not listening to the podcast. You probably can't listen at work. (laughs) Um, And then maybe you can put some tracts inside so people can print them out and share. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's what we're going to do. Okay. Um, But we're also the other attractive parts of it are that, you know, if there's something in the news, because Bonnie and I send stuff to each other all the time, that has to do with deconverting or scandals in the church, or we just find funny, we will put it in there so you can click on them and find them yourselves and read about them. Um, And we'll also be doing a giveaway that will be in conjunction with our favorite Saints Candle company, Illuminidals. So that'll be fun, and we'll give discounts to merch and all that. So we want, like, people who are supporting us to in some way get something. So when you open it up, you're like, ooh. Yeah. Now, 
I was just thinking this, so I'm going to bounce this off of you live. What do you think about, in each newsletter, seeing that we're mostly, you know, keep things lighter and funnier, for those who want something a little more serious, people can submit their deconversion stories, and in each newsletter will print, not print, you know what I mean, copy-paste, someone's <laughs> deconversion story. Because a lot of people like to share that on the Facebook group, Yeah, but that might be a way that even appeals to people who don't listen to our podcast, just to read someone else and go, okay, yeah, yeah. not alone, this is helpful. Right. And another thing is once you post your stuff on the Facebook group, uh, you know, once a week or two goes by, what are you going to do? Go scrolling for old stories on our Facebook yeah. group? Probably not. So, no. so yeah, I think that would be interesting. I'd like yeah, to read I, those. Totally. Because I think that's, you know, something that some of our listeners are wanting to do. So then you might go, okay, wait. <laughs> you will be making money off of my deconversion story. The answer to that is yes. Um, because I was thinking that through going, yes, that is exactly what it is. So, yes, that's what we're doing. We're using you, like the cult we said we would create, to, uh, yeah, just use and abuse you and then move on. And that's our scam the whole time. But that's a win-win. You get to share. Yeah, I think it would be. People get to share. Yeah, I really want people, because we don't have time to make extra videos or, or audio to offer people through Patreon, and we've always felt bad about that. So we just want something that can help support the podcast. And people have been asking, how can we give money, which is so kind, um, and we appreciate it. And we don't want to talk about it anymore because it makes us uncomfortable. All right. (laughs) So I've been doing this thing on Tuesday nights on Clubhouse where I'm talking about cults because I'm sort of obsessed with it. And I don't know, I I guess I didn't remember or I didn't put two and two together that when we talked about the Rajanish and how they had their commune in Oregon, that when that commune got abandoned, Young Life bought it. Mm -hmm. I remember that. But that one of our listeners had been there a lot. So he showed up to the little talk on Clubhouse about it. And then I forced him to talk about <laughs> what it was like. And it was just fascinating. Just, did you he, know, that they're doing all these things. I can't even remember what he said about, you know, this used to be where they had their sex orgies. It's now the gym. Or Yeah, did he you know, find any evidence of things happening? Like, I don't know. I mean, I want to say like a toothpick. That's not a good example. <laughs> but did he find any, you know, orange strings from people I, ripping clothes I, off? Supposedly, the whole road leading there used to be painted red. And uh-huh. they just repainted it in the last couple of years, which... Um, yeah, that would have been there the whole time. And I think there were a few other things because he sort of, you know, when he was, I think he was working for Young Life, he knew this used to be the this area and that. Right. So I don't know if there were any signs that pointed to 
things, but do you think they just made up stories that fit with their their you know um, beliefs? Like, oh, the road is red because that's Jesus's blood leading you to the <laughs> young life camp. That would have been easier. They just borrow it. So I'm going to read you. There's this guy who I love named Rick Ross. He's an expert in um, intervention and talking about cults. He's been in the biz for a long time. So (coughs) the the, cult busting biz. Yep. That's him. So in the olden days, the way they used to do it is they would really talk about deprogramming and they would even do like kidnappings of getting, you know, the parents would come to people and say, I need help getting my kid out of the Moonies or out of this or that. And oh. they would do a bit of a kidnapping and take them into a hotel. Yeah, and then, didn't Catherine Oxenberg try to get her daughter out of Nexium? I don't know if they did the kidnapping thing, but yes, yeah, she definitely did. And she is probably the one that people can look to to say she's the one that started breaking up. Um, a lot of this as an outside person, not just an inside one. Yeah. Yeah. And Patty Hearst's parents thought that she had been brainwashed and wanted yeah. her back. Yep. Um, but they, I mean, they do the whole like kidnapping thing, push them in a van. Right. And Taking then, them back. Uh-huh. Put them in a room with like a deprogramming person. Right. And, yeah. um, but then... Uh, some of the tactics they found to be inhumane. So, (laughs) yeah. So they stopped doing that, um, but they do, you know, they bring in, like, the cold experts and yakety-yak with them. I wanted to be one, like, years ago. I'm like, oh, I want to deprogram people, but I think I wanted to be one when I was still a Christian, as in, this will be kind. (laughs) I'll I'll tell them now the truth, and that way, that's gonna really they're gonna we'll love it. Program them, and while they're at a negative, we'll add in some Jesus, right? Because okay. to me, the normal default was Christianity. That's what you default into. Okay, um, yeah, so it's like ashing bad. out your hair before you put a color in, so it doesn't keep the. <laughs> Yes, it's the, I'd be the bleach of the um, religious world. The bleach of God. So here are 10 warning signs that Rick Ross says are about, you know, so you can figure out if a leader is a cult leader. So I want us to think of this in terms of our church and then in terms of Trump. Okay. Here they are. One, absolute authoritarian without meaningful accountability. Church? I believe so. Yeah. I mean, everyone who surrounded our charismatic leader were yes men, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, even though and, he and might they were yes felt, men to God, too. There was right. so much because God said, like, oh, the... And there, I mean, where would they get what God was thinking except from that same pastor? Yeah, an interpreter. Right. And Trump. This is an easy one. Absolute authoritarian without meaningful accountability. 
It's so dang. Yeah. That one's easy. Okay. <laughs> Two, no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. Yes, church. <laughs> <laughs> On the you've bleachers got, of a basketball game. Yeah. Yep. You've no got tolerance. absolutely that. And I mean, there was one or two church things I went to in my life at different churches where a random person who was visiting or hadn't been there long raised their hand oh. in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> and like, I mean, like everyone, I have a question. Yeah. Like, yeah. wait a minute or, huh? And you're just like, oh, you're just about to shit in your pants. And you look at everyone and they're like, if he doesn't call on them, what does that look like? But what if he does call on them? Because you know it's just that's not true or that's bullshit or whatever. And you know what other sad part of it our church had to consider? The fact that it was being recorded. <gasps> Don't I know. mess up my flow. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a performance. I mean, we had way before a lot of others were on TV, we had two cameras yep. that would be pointed on them. And everyone who did the filming also had keychains <laughs> that were actual chains that chained from their pocket. They were like Schneider on one day at a time. Yeah. Dated reference. Too bad. Get old. <laughs> Look it up. So we definitely have Trump in the no tolerance for questions. Critical None. Inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. Number Nobody three. Oh, yeah. No meaningful financial disclosure regarding budget. Expenses such as an independently audited financial statement. So Trump, for sure. obviously, we never saw that. And there was something that just came out today about how he had filtered um, some of the campaign funds into his private companies that were suffering. So <laughs> there you go. <sighs> <sighs> but it doesn't matter if you think that you are the the end all be all it, what it's all being done for if if you think that you are god trump yeah and and anything that i do for me for my company is ultimately for me then you think oh well i guess it's for god so yep. you've uh, justified well, the worst it. is that yeah, his lead. No, he has no leaders. His followers are going to think the same thing, which is insane. I mean, hopefully, especially when people were like throwing money into his defense fund. Yeah. And now he's like, no, I'm not going to testify. <laughs> I'd be like, hello, I would like my $4.30 back. All they're doing um, is putting money toward, you know, keep white people able to just show up. Mm -hmm. and, and, and stay in charge. That's it. That's it. So as far as the financial disclosure regarding budget, for our church, do you remember they used to do like a whole church service on the yep. annual budget and we would be skip day. That's the day <laughs> none of us would want to turn up. And it seemed yeah. really transparent. But now that I think about it, None of us could 
see, it wasn't transparent what the tithes that went to the pastor and the ministers was being used for in their personal life. Yeah, I would love to know because they didn't have house costs. Right. I'm sure they didn't pay the electric bill. Nope. Um, And it's not like we would be like, oh, yeah, you need to suffer. But I think it would be totally fine to just have a committee that looks through their stuff and is like, you know, who, what are these checks for renting an apartment in the city? (laughs) Or (laughs) that didn't happen. Stop. (laughs) Or, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, there were, uh, there's definitely a pastor here who had to step down because he went to the Capitol riot thing and he had to step down because he talked about Antifa and that wasn't true and all that. (sighs) But he went there on the money of his congregation. Like, when does the congregation get to go, I don't agree with that. You don't get to use my money for that. Yeah, when? And what about the ones that... meeting? (laughs) Right. And what about, like, Carl Lentz and all those kind who buy those terrible eyeglasses or dye their hair and make it spiky? I don't know. Don't want to be given to that. Okay, number four, unreasonable fear about the outside world, such as impending catastrophe. Our church, for sure. Like, we kept hearing, be of the world. No, be in the world, but don't be of the world. And it's fine to have non-Christian friends, but make sure they're not your closest friends. I mean, that was a fear I had forever. And don't date outside the faith. And, um, and of course, then the whole, the world's going to end in our lifetime. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think that, I think that may have been more who you were affiliated with, too. Because God. I didn't feel it as much. Yeah, and I was not as close as, to God as, as you were. And that's why, because you became of the world. But maybe that was also from your parents. Maybe they helped instill that in you. I think, yes, but... From church, through your parents, to you. Because my mom wasn't that stepping stone in between. Right. I think I did get it from youth group and all the, like, I'd go to all the conferences and leadership conferences. And I think I was such... A 100% person, which I still am, uh, which can be very annoying because other things mean I am zero if I am not 100%. But I think I was just like taking every sentence they said and writing it down and then praying about it and being torn up about it and crying to my dog Taco about like, Oh, what do I do now that I'm in public school and there's that girl in choir and she wants to hang out? And I don't know if she's a Christian. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That one I kind of go back and forth with because I think church is how much you give to it. And I gave it. I gave it all. You get, yeah. You bought, I remember the, you bought the conversations. <laughs> I remember conversations with some of our good friends who you would know 
And we would talk about this, about like how close we can really be to mm-hmm. some of our other friends who I'm friends with today on Facebook and stuff mm-hmm. um, because they weren't Christian. Yeah. And how we needed to be careful and like all that is so crazy. Yeah. And I always you know, I always had an eye on, yeah, well, you're not going to tell me everything to do. <laughs> so there was a, a little I know bit not of, of that world. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not of that world. I don't. And I mean, I think that's exactly when these correspond so well with church and probably many people's churches and Trump, that's where the correlation lies between the two, because we were trained to listen to someone we were told to listen to and deny all critical thinking and follow and, yeah, and cut out people who have the alternating, you know, uh, dialogue about things. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering, I don't remember my thought process in retrospect on, you know, because one of my good friends was gay, but he went to church. I mean, not always, but he was mostly, you know, part of the youth group, but it was a social thing. And so I I wonder how I, um, how I reconciled that, you know, to myself. Like, right. well, I guess he's a Christian because he got baptized and he said he wanted to be saved. I mean, just because he does things that are wrong, that doesn't mean he's lost his salvation. So maybe that was my reconciling. I don't know. I, I think so, too, because we had a few people who were not living the Christian walk. Yeah. But if they were coming to church and they owned a Bible— that yeah. that was, you know, that I think that was our outward signal. They closed their eyes in prayer— they're, they're in the group. That's yeah. all we thought about. Okay, number five. There but sometimes is no- when the guys would close your eyes in prayer, they would touch your butt if you were dating them. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's my experience. <laughs> all right. Well, that is <laughs> the loophole. <laughs> Um, okay, number five, there's no legitimate reason for leaving, like former followers or church attenders or GOP Trumpers are always wrong for leaving. Oh. Mm. Yes. I think, well, if you move away. (laughs) It's not an excuse. (laughs) Not an excuse. The devil made you move. (laughs) The devil made you move to California to live in sin with your girlfriend. Um, Yeah, I think even people who decided to go to other churches, we saw that as backsliding. I remember that there were a few and we're like, oh, what's up with that? Well, you know, I think he was going through a really hard time. Maybe he was feeling convicted. I don't know. I remember every now and then when somebody would go, let's go to church here on Sunday night. And I would be like, what? Why? <laughs> what do you need, I'm a, to, do? I'm you need a Christian. to look for new guys to date? What are you doing? <laughs> Why would you do that? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I went to other churches, which I did in college, is because 
if they were like, hey, we need someone to help teach the kids or whatever, <laughs> when it was like a service, when I was blessing them, uh, okay. I was coming in because they were a small church or a small whatever. Um, okay. But yeah, there was no, you know, yeah, you couldn't really leave. And I mean, the same with the Trumpers. They, uh, yeah, once, you, once you've drawn your line and your circle is tight, mm-hmm. there's no way you're getting out of that without causing major friction. And you was in a cult. Okay, number number six. Former members often relate the same stories of abuse and reflect a similar pattern of grievances. And that is also called the success of our podcast. (laughs) Because (laughs) that is across the board. I love when we're on other people's podcasts and we all just it's the similar yeah everything yeah and and you share notes and and like pete holmes i'm like oh my god pete was having the same stuff that we were being told about purity and um youth group and you know he was worrying about boners and apparently our guy friends were too and um (laughs) it's all yeah and it's all the same and i mean we all know you know of course we all know the same songs and now on instagram we're talking about some of the same not youth group names some overlap but at least the whole yeah, impetus behind making them exciting because exciting words lead to excitement. Explosion. <laughs> it's going to impact you. You're going to have vision and it's going to be a new. Oh, I forgot to tell you one of my favorite ones. New kids on the rock. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. Isn't it? But they're trying. That's it. They're not original. They're borrowing. Yeah, um, but, ours but, used to be. But, no, no. Because it, because you know who you don't want to be like? New Kids on the Block. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> you don't, but you want to be in that, oh, isn't that funny and trendy? That's going to attract attention. Ugh. No, like if it was like Jesus Zeppelin, maybe, but that doesn't <laughs> rhyme. But who the hell wants that as your homage to <laughs> pop culture? Ugh. Well, it's just the youth minister and his wife right. in a room with the guy who never leaves him alone. Right. Um, so they're all just deciding that. We used to, one of ours was Solid Rock. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old we were then, but that just felt so, like, powerful. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, number six, former members. Nope. That's number Already seven. Already did that one. Number seven, there are records, books, news articles, or television programs that document the abuses of your group or leader. Um, that would trump all the way. That's just, yeah, and that's a big tool that they use to deprogram people. Tool. I think, I think these days the best we have with some of the pastors um, are their Twitter accounts. 
Yeah, and I can definitely see that in, like, the Catholic Church with the abuse. Yes. Um, uh, Scientology. Yeah. Number eight, followers feel they can never be, quote, good enough. Bam. That is definitely one that I felt in church. Yeah. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think it was ever like, you're not good enough to be in youth group or you're not good enough to please the papster. Papster. The papster. It was always, always, (laughs) you're, uh, you know, you need to work on yourself and do more to please God. But those things, that message was coming down. From the leaders. Yeah, I got that message. But I also, I really believed, and maybe this was a way for me. <laughs> that I was good enough. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I, I, I thought that we were all in the same boat struggling. And if we're I all think, in the same yeah. boat struggling and trying to be better, then none of us are, then there's no one to compare to to say, oh, you're doing it right and I'm not. Because we're all struggling. I And that... I think, I mean, I think it was, it was in those quiet times, Bonnie, <laughs> those inner thoughts where it would just be me and the J-man, and we'd yeah. be talking <laughs> and rapping, and I would think, you know, like, I want to be worthy, and you have all that, while at the same time you're getting the message that, uh, you know, among all the people in the world— we are, quote, the worthiest because we're going to heaven. So it's like spiritual whiplash all the time. Like, yeah, okay, am I, is, are they, am I great and loved and the apple of God's eye while also not being good enough? Yeah, because it's also about sending mixed messages to keep people um, doubting. And always feeling insecure, and then, mm-hmm. therefore, relying on the leader to lead them. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay, nine. The group leader, uh, the group or slash the leader, let me say, is always right. Duh. I mean, you're, we're never going to see, you know, Greg Locke go, you know, I've been mistaken, or Sean Foyt say, I think I'm going to put this mask on. So we know that. That's Right. Uh, so if somebody says, if somebody comes to the congregation and says, I have sinned, it's going to probably be followed by a resignation. Yes. And definitely. And the Southern Baptist. I mean, but you do have a good like year or two to reinvent yourself after that and yeah. come back because then you'll have a good testimony. <laughs> and you can just jump right back in. That'll give you two years to work on your body and join the power team and <laughs> then really knock them all. <sighs> yep. Okay. And then 10, the group or leader is the exclusive means of knowing the truth, of receiving validation, and no other process of discovery is really acceptable or credible. Yeah, that's that we, was, that were was we pumped in into cult? us. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is for extreme cults, but it works so good for churches because churches, no one goes to a church and really, quote, grows in Christ 
at a church where the pastor is sucky. You know, it's right. it's a cult of personality in it of itself. Yeah. So you have to have that leader. But one thing I don't feel like he had in that list was um, the shunning if you leave. Yeah. And maybe you I don't hope. have to have that because I'm thinking of Scientology and Mormons, right? They shun. Yeah. And, Definitely um, not. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I think there are different denominations that are different. So some that are more charismatic and Pentecostal, there definitely is that. And that's not talked about as much as it should be, I think. Yeah. Oh, and Amish, okay. right? What? They shun Amish. Yeah. Don't they shun. They're big shunners. <laughs> I think they invented the word shun. And Peggy's mom on Mad Men. She should they shun her? <laughs> I think she shunned Peggy a little bit. <laughs> when she moved to the city and didn't, you know, yeah. fall in line with the Catholic Church. So I'm not going to read all the tin about the warnings that other people are involved uh-huh. in a group, like if you're looking at them. But here are some of them, and I can I know so many people like this, um, and this goes for Trump, too. Extreme obsessiveness with the group leader. Yeah, that's so, just weird. Yeah, and it says resulting in, and let's talk about January 6th, resulting in the exclusion of almost every practical consideration. Yeah, like going to jail. <laughs> right. Losing right. your job. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely, I see that in the church. Um you know, individual identity being gone. Uh, oh, my favorite and yours. Whenever the group or leaders criticize or question, it's called persecution. Right. Yeah. Yep. Dependency on that leader or that group for problem solving and solutions and even definitions of things without any reflective thought. We've, we were in <laughs> I a call. I keep going back to Pete Holmes when they said, does anyone have any, like, prayer requests? Like, yes, lust. I'm, I'm struggling <laughs> with lust. <laughs> you just know the leaders are like, not what we want to help you with. No, stop it. <laughs> well, I went, one of my last Bible studies I went to, it was this woman who led them, and she and I were friends, and sometimes I get talked into things. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. She's like, no, it's, it's informal. It's not—it's it's at this church, but it's not connected to this church. I lead it. And she was really cool, so I'm like, okay. So I go, and I've said this before, I think, but it was about Jesus' character, and we all did our readings before and read all our verses and mm-hmm. how Jesus was really kind and he was sweet and all that. So we had all these discussions. He just loves us so much. I know. And <laughs> he's such a loving spirit. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, you know, I have to admit I've really been having trouble even with you know, this part, because the verse is about when he wasn't so nice, when he called his disciples fools, or when he stormed through 
you know, the market and overturn tables. Like I have problems. How do I, uh, what's the word? Incorporate reconcile? that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Reconcile <laughs> is the actual one. Yeah. How do I reconcile that um, into things? And I was immediately shut up. Yeah. Like, it was like, well, we're going to talk about the verses here. <laughs> um, That's not what we read. It's not that what is we're not doing. what we prepared for. And they all did have Southern accents. And I was instantly, like, emotionally othered in that yeah. group. Like, yeah. I felt it all shift. Yeah. And I was just like, I, you know... Someone who was very good at what they do might have been able to say, okay, the way this intersects and can work is doodly-doo. Yeah. But they didn't. Okay. We, we this weren't going to talk I think about a, that. <laughs> we're not going to. We don't. We're uh, talking about this week. time. Um, okay. Uh, here's one that really I think we've talked about this with Trump. But I think we can talk about, and his followers, but we can talk about our church friends, a dramatic loss of a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absent. But just gone. Absent. Yeah. yeah. And even like some that were super Jesus freaks, it was like there couldn't be any humor that didn't correspond with, like, uh, you know, biblical humor of some sort. I don't know. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. <laughs> biblical humor. Now I'm horrified that we did grow up in a cult. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't extreme at all, but it does fit, you know, all those things of here's your your lines that you don't get out of or you feel badly and there yeah. there are a lot of similarities uh, but i also think that a cult generally benefits uh, a strong leader the most and this one ours kind of benefited maybe the organization the most because keeping a giant group like that donating money with tithes you know it wasn't just for the pastor right. There was yeah. there were underlings that benefited, you know, like your associate pastor and your youth minister and your music person, and um, I, I think it's just it's just like a business. It is, know? and then there's but they apply you know, cult like things to it to make it. Yeah, it's like and a why? tech business, like like Apple, Google. You mm-hmm. claim Walmart. <laughs> that's very I, disturbing. That's right. <laughs> Although I really do think, like, we were discussing on Clubhouse, like, is, um, we're the Rajanisha cult. And yes, and the head guy did not benefit as much as I thought he would. Wait a minute, he had a private airplane. Of course he did. I mean, he wasn't um, as authoritarian because I looked further into it uh-huh. like he was definitely I am not a spiritual leader you know I'm not you don't no one needs to bow down to me no one better bow down to me no but I'm so certainly going to drive a Mercedes 
Yeah, yeah. Or five. <laughs> or th- it was 93, I think. Okay. And, but then I read, uh, we can get into it later, how some of those things were not um, what I thought they were when I first looked into it the first okay. 18 times. So that'll be, we can do a follow-up on the Rajanish. Okay. Uh, because I'm joining, because they have really nice facilities now. Well, I'm glad that everyone knows they're Nicole and uh, or were. <laughs> Please send us your funny stories about um, being in a cult. Uh, church. That you call Not church. Cult. Church. <laughs> I'm changing it now. Um, and we'll read them on air. Just go to our website, deconversiontherapypodcast.com. You'll see a little place for that. And we will also have a place for this new newsletter you can sign up for, and there will be a price for it. But people who don't go that route, you'll still get plenty of this amazing content for free. I think $89 a month is fair. How about 69 <laughs> Oh, my gosh. It's a naughty, non-church joke. I know. Or just Wednesday night <laughs> afterwards jokes. All right. Don't be a shit pile, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.